everybody. Welcome to Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu, episode number 38. Glad to be with you. My name is Gabe Estel, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Dennis Levi Leach and Jonathan Getz. How's it going, guys? Season's greetings. Season's greetings. Happy Fantastic. solstice. Yep, that's right. Merry Crapmas, everybody. So, um... Good to be back. Yes. So uh, as we wind down 2015 here, hope everybody's having a good holiday season so far. Um, And we've got a lot of stuff to talk about because the year is winding down. We're going to talk about some of our favorite records here in just a little bit. Um, But since we last met with you, um, a lot has gone down in the baseball world because the uh, we're probably about halfway through kind of the, the hot stove period, maybe a little more than halfway through. The winter meetings have happened. And lo and behold, Levi got a couple early Christmas presents. I did. <laughs> in the form of Justin Hayward and Ben Zobras. And I guess John Lackey. Lackey, well. three. The three wise three, men have three come. Christmas presents. The three wise men have come down on high and were gifted to That, that Lackey Christmas present only has like a two-year warranty on yeah, it. Yeah, right. right. That's, 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 <laughs> he, he was the wise man that brought myrrh. He was the one that had her. <laughs> They're like, ah. <laughs> That's okay. Now, so are you pretty pleased with all those moves, Levi? Well, okay. I was doing some some numbers, and it's <laughs> projected it would be $272 million for three players. And that's Zobris at 56 mil for four-year, Hayward at 184 mil for eight years, and Lackey at 32 mil for two years. So, well, uh, yeah, obviously there's there's well, one big contract. To yeah, eat. the money the money is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is this the biggest Cubs contract ever? You know, I think the Hayward one is. Yeah, certainly it beats Soriano's, right? Yeah. Is it is it bigger than Lester's deal? <laughs> Uh, what? I, Lester was seven years. I don't know the the annual amount though. He's got to be yeah. at least like twenty three or twenty four million a year. I'll check it. Yeah. The uh, I mean, when when it all went down, the first thing that pops into my head as a negative Cubs fan is like the pressure's going to be pressure's so on. <laughs> so intense. So, like if it wasn't the spotlight all, is all on the Cubs this year. Well, yeah, and so. Uh, part of me just hopes that they can handle that because I mean, it's a young bunch. It, still, it so. also could be a recipe for failure. You know what I mean? Just because you have a lot of talent always doesn't mean you have a lot of championships, but it it's looking good. I don't want to jinx it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, a lot of the talk over the last couple of days that I've noticed on the, on the wire is that I didn't realize Fowler's agent is the same agent as Hayward's. And so some people are talking about Fowler coming back to the Cubs, which I think would be interesting because where would he play? Would he be a fourth outfielder? Too expensive for a fourth outfielder. Exactly. They would have to drop somebody. So basically I think it, I think it comes down to the fact that if, if they don't move Solaire, they're not going to, they're not going to try for for Fowler in my mind. Mm-hmm. But if they did move Solaire for pitching, they could then bring Fowler in for another. Like I think he wants two years at thirty mil or something, and the Cubs just don't want to give him that. Sure, because um, he, I mean, he did have a career year and a bunch of figures, but you know, I, he's a leadoff guy with pop too. Yeah, you know, you don't always get that. So, yeah, I, you know. I he's thirty. So I mean, he's on the back end of his career. Um, yeah. Is Hayward that, your leadoff guy now? Does Hayward project to be the leadoff guy? I think if they don't sign Fowler, yeah. Could you Hayward imagine leads off? They, he could for the he, Cubs. I, I mean, he's got some speed. I mean, I, oh, I know, yeah, like, yeah, he's known for speed. I think if the Cubs didn't sign Fowler, I think you could consider knowing Joe Madden. I think for sure he would sometimes play Hay, Hayward as. He's not afraid to pull on orthodox moves. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I guess he had twenty three stolen bases last year, three fifty nine OBP. Okay. Um Yeah, right. he might not be the necessarily the ideal leadoff guy. No. I think he could. Yeah. Well, I think at that point could, you know what I mean? Maybe Zobrist. I was gonna say, yeah, Zobrist. The, and that's the thing. This there's so many bats now in the Cubs lineup. 
Yeah, it's like got an enviable problem. Well, yeah, it's like where do you where do you back guys? Like, what's the lineup really going to look like? Instead and, of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, it's one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four pitcher. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, good luck, man. I mean, no, yeah, it's just, a lot of pressure. Got a lot of you got a lot of weapons in the arsenal there. Oh. Yeah, I yeah, I could see them. Um, getting another pitcher if if they did do that Fowler thing I could I could see them trading I guess it would be Solaire right yeah yeah, yeah that's uh, the the word is on the street they're trying to trade Solaire for some pitching yeah yeah uh I I don't blame them if they did that you know um uh so yeah yeah I could see that happening yeah. I mean in my mind that means they I think they they project Baez to be a little higher than Solaire and mm-hmm. that's why they're Right. trying to trying to keep him. Yeah, and and Soler is uh could be a really good starting outfielder somewhere else, you know, if uh Oh yeah, he would be an yeah, everyday. Be, yeah, an yeah everyday he's an everyday guy. guy. Yeah, definitely. And he's still, you know, I I assume he's Young. He's, oh, yeah. he's under he's under 27, I would assume. Yeah. If yeah. not under 25, I don't know. Um Well, yeah, man. So, yeah, god, just the, yeah, the Cubs are just so loaded, dude. Um it's I'm trying to like tell myself it's not a dream. Yeah, I well, yeah. Um, this I, is like me trying to build a team on MVP 2005. <laughs> right, right. Which, speaking of which, man, my <laughs> ever since I switched to Windows 10, I can't get it to work. Ah, like, yeah, it's, oh I'm no! Have to just buy an old computer just to play yeah, it. Right. Yeah, like, man, I should just go back to Windows 7 or something. But oh anyway. no, there's there's workarounds, but like I'm not tech savvy enough to like mess with my registry and things like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. There's some major geeks out there. You're an MS DOS. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <Team> commands. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, it's it's probably best that I'm not playing it. Uh, <laughs> increase the productivity. But anyway. Um, so yeah, you would have to load up your uh, your White Sox with a bunch of catchers at this point. If you I were... would, I would, yeah, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, hopefully Alex Avila, maybe I'm, I'm comeback player of the year. Let's hope Avila and uh, Deonor Navarro. Deonor Navarro, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're going to share comeback player of the year honors. Um, yeah, it's 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 weird. I mean, we've. Um, I shouldn't say it's weird because the White Sox do this. So it's you got Frazier. We did. I was excited about that, but um, just in what I heard on sports radio and just kind of the social media, there's a lot of ambivalence around the move just because um, there's a lot of complaining right now that the White Sox don't have a long-term plan in place. Like, we, do, we don't have a strong farm system, and the strategy that we have last year and then now this year has kind of been sort of um, kind of like, you know, painting the margins, you know, not really, you know, the whole picture isn't really there. Um, We're probably not as good as the moves we're making. You know what I mean? Like we would imply. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Um, So, uh, I mean, Somebody, I, I somebody, I, I don't remember who it was. Somebody called in to sports radio, and and one one opinion that he offered that I thought it was a good way to put it. He's like, you know, I've been a fan for somebody from the South Side, older. They're like, I've been a fan for like forty five years. They're like, I'd rather have them be unintentionally bad than intentionally bad. Hmm. You know, um, the White Sox have always been, at least under Kenny Williams' tenure always afraid to say the r word the rebuild word so we we make these these moves that they're kind of like band-aids yeah yeah right they are that's a good analogy they're kind of like band-aids um they don't fix the whole the whole problem you know which is no long-term plan no 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 plan to be competitive you know like the royals did or the cubs did or probably you could say the astros are doing now as well and maybe even the twins too um so I, but that said, you know, I, I, I've, I've said it on this podcast before. I've always really liked Todd Frazier. I like the way he plays. I think he's got a good attitude. Um, I, I like, you know, I'm a sucker for a, you know, a, a third corner infielder with some pop. You know, um, he's relatively cheap too. You know, he's like I think yeah. like seven million, seven point four million, something like that is what he's. Yeah, he's he's set to make seven seven and some change. 
this year, which I think is kind of a steal for Todd Frazier. Um, and then we also solidified the infield a little bit more as well with getting Brett Lowry. Um, and we didn't give up much, excuse me, uh, for Lowry. For Frazier, we gave up some guys that, I don't know, it's, uh, it, we had this kid last year, and if you, you know, if, unless you're a White Sox fan, you probably didn't hear much about him, named Trace Thompson. He's actually the it's guy Clay that Thompson's plays, brother, right? It's uh, Clay Thompson's brother. Yeah. The basketball yeah, right. player. Clay Thompson. Yeah, the guy from the Warriors. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. his brother. Oh. Right. Um, which is what he's known for, mainly yeah. right? <laughs> being Clay Thompson's brother. Um, and he, like, had a really good st- He had a really good, um, good numbers and limited play. But he was included in this deal. He actually ended up going to the Dodgers. It was a three team trade uh, between Cincinnati, the White Sox, and L.A. And so we sent him another guy named Micah Johnson, who's you know a stolen base threat, but can't. I don't really know if he's a guy that can hit big league pitching, and his defense isn't any good. Um, and there's a guy named Frankie Montas who projected to be a starter for us, but he'll probably just be in the bullpen in in L.A. So, you know, we gave up sort of some of our um, kind of more, you know, our pieces that had big league experience. Um, but I don't know, man. I mean, I don't, all those guys could become nothing, you know? I mean, they – so it's yeah. – if we get two years out of Frazier like he hit last year, at least during the first half, you know, I'm cool with that. And he'll Whatever. be trade bait. And he'll be trade bait, exactly. Yeah, so there's there's two years on the deal – or actually one year and an option – so, you know, if we look like we're out of it next year, yeah, just flip him and Send move him on. to the Yankees and yeah, right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I, I, I like the move. I mean, I, I, I like it because uh, I, I mean, maybe I'm a little biased just because I like Frazier and glad to see him on my my team now. Um, Are you whittling then, the starting lineup? I'm starting to. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, <laughs> Ordered your block of plastic and from then, Kenner. And then, and then you tell me that, you know, we might be in on Gordon, and it's like, man, like, I guess they think we're really going to be able to win this year, you know? And I don't I don't know if I – I mean, the Royals I don't really think are going to be any worse. I don't know if they're going to win the World Series again, but – Well, the odds, I, odds aren't with them. No. Um, Minnesota is getting better, I think. You mm-hmm. know, there's a young – there's a lot of young talent there. Uh, I, mean, sorry, I mean, geez, that, that team's two years ahead of schedule based yeah, on everybody predict them to, predicted them to finish dead last. Well, like I said, you know, like the Cubs, the Royals, and the Astros were the it young teams last year. You know, this year it's going to be the Twins, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, they seem to be – Malter seems to have a good handle on things as well. Mm-hmm. So um, – and then uh, Cleveland, who knows? And then Detroit, you know, they're they're aging, but, you know. Uh, it's those, still Detroit. They got the best, Detroit, one of the best they, hitters in the in baseball. Yeah, I mean, they still got Cabrera, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, um, they signed Zimmerman. So, yeah. you know, they – Maybe didn't replace Price quite the level of Price there, but you know they've got a good pitcher. So yeah. I don't know. I just I'm 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 a little confused because or perplexed just because I just even with these moves of Lowry and Frazier, I don't it doesn't like catapult us to the top of the AL Central. You know? Yeah, it's like they're um, just trying to kind of build a core, a veteran core. Yeah, veteran piece core it together. When, when as I said last podcast, and I've been saying for the last few months. You know, the best thing this franchise could do, you know, for its future is to have more than a two year plan is to trade Chris Sale. You know, I mean, that's yeah. That, yeah. just just I mean, if we traded Chris Sale and maybe even we traded um, a guy, Jose Quintana, who's quietly been one of the better starters in the AL, better like number two, three guys, um, you know, we could get a lot for those guys. They're both in the prime of their careers, but that doesn't look like that. The logic instead is. I think with the management, they think, you know, if we don't stock up, we're wasting the careers of two good young pitchers, one great young pitcher. Right, right. Yeah. And so if you if you're in the hunt for the wild card next year and all of a sudden you have, you know, one of the best pitchers in the league to start a wild card game. Yeah. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, so that's what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So because you do kind of have the pitching in a way. So. Yeah, uh, I like Rodon too. I think uh, I think you know he he kind of got overshadowed because there were some other good rookie years, 
uh, particularly in Chicago, you know, on the other side of town. But, you know, for for a kid that didn't make very many minor league starts to throw him out there, he, he had a pretty, pretty good rookie year, yeah. you know. Um, and I think he's, you know, he's only going to get better. So, um, yeah, so I'm a little confused, uh, a little, I guess I confused maybe isn't the right word, just kind of perplexed, you know, like I, I just, I just don't know how it's going to shake out. We could fight for a wild card spot, but, um, I, right, right now I see us as like a, you know, 81 and 81, you know, I mean, I see him maybe, maybe this puts them to 500, you know, they won 76 games last year. I can maybe see with these moves they made, they win 80 games, 81 games. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, well, I looked up Lester's contract. Uh, he's at six years for 155 million. So that's what's left. Right. Yeah. Hayward, um, uh, Hayward definitely passes that. Yeah. So yeah, it probably is the biggest Cubs contract ever. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Well, we'll see. Um, and then, the, uh, gosh, is there, I'm trying to think. The Royals. All the aces are off the board. Uh, go ahead, though. I'm sorry. Um, what were you saying about the aces? Well, like, you know, all of the, the Price, Cueto, yeah. um, Zimmerman, and Grinky, obviously. All mm-hmm. those guys, all those names have come off the board now. Yeah. Um, you know, Samarja found a home, you know, so. What's going on it? Mike Lee got signed. Uh, the Royals are uh, now being tied, or say, it said the Royals are interested in Yin Chin from the Orioles. Oh yeah, uh, which would be more than what they would usually take on. Uh, yeah. Though they've also uh, been linked to Giovanni Gaier- Gallardo and Scott Cashmere. Uh, yeah, two guys still out there. Ian Kennedy, anybody? You um, know, <laughs> he he didn't have a good year, but. If he's looking just for like a one year deal on a bounce back, I'm kind of intrigued by Matt Latos. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he played for the Marlins last year. Let's keep that in mind. You yeah. know, and um and the Angels. Was, yeah, and he the Angels and the, the Angels. Dodgers too. Yeah. Um so yeah, he had like his worst probably his worst year last year, but he's only twenty seven. To me it's like that would be a guy totally worth like a, just a chance, you know, like, yeah. why not? Like just yeah. a one year deal to rebuild his value to yeah. just throw him at the back of the rotation. See what happens. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. That could work. That could work. It'd be a project that yeah. I, I would be willing to take on, you know? So anyway, there you go. You got either one of you guys could get him to solidify the back of your rotation. No, I, I want us to take a flyer on Lincecum. I think the Royals should take a flyer. Oh, yeah. on Lincecum. Lincecum's still out there, right? I, he would yeah. look good in a, in a Royals. Uniform. Yeah. Yeah. He's another one too. Like he might just get a Linscom might just get a one year deal. Probably. You know? Yep. Maybe a two year deal. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Probably one. Um but yeah, so there's some interesting kind of like projects, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. out there. Like, you know, who can who can revive Tim Lincecum, you know? Like who right. can who can salvage Matt Latos, you know? I just there's some interesting I like sort of angles like that and stories like that. I just um yeah. So, Did yeah. we mention the card? I mean, the Cardinals aren't any of our teams, but they signed Mike Leake. Yeah, right. And so, it, I think they were kind of grasping at, mm-hmm. at straws because yeah. they they've missed out on some people. But I say missed that out on obviously Price and they missed I'm out a, on Hayward. Yeah. I'm a Cubs fan, but um, one of the things that's come out now in the last uh, day or so is that at his uh, press conference, Hayward was talking about the reasons basically why he, he chose Chicago over St. Louis. And now Mike Matheny is like all mad about it. And <laughs> right. it's yeah. because he said they're old. He said Yadier Molina doesn't have a lot of time left. Holiday doesn't got a lot of time left. Wainwright doesn't have a lot of time left. Yeah. Right. And so he was like the, the, and so Matheny's taken like great, disrespect at that for some reason yeah and that's that's a bad approach you know just just take the high road and just say you know glad he played here 
I, yeah. I, I, good I luck. Think, good luck in Chicago. You know, that's I, all you need to say. I agree. He, he's had a bit of sour grapes, but Deadspin is really running with it oh, and like yeah. milking it because you know, obviously, they if, if they can lean, if they can hate on the Cardinals, <laughs> they're gonna on Deadspin. Yeah. And so they were they were giving him a little bit more grief than he deserved, I thought. But uh, yeah, but, I think so too. But no, he he does have a bit of sour grapes with it. Yeah. So yeah, so we'll see where the hot stove uh, takes us. Like, I mean, um. If the Royals don't get Gordon, what's what's the plan, Jonathan? Uh, like, what's, the, Her- what's plan B? Gerardo Parra. Gerardo. Oh, from uh, he played Miami. for Baltimore Miami. last year. Uh, Baltimore and the Marlins. He's modeled a few units. You know, <laughs> yeah, Diamondbacks, I think. Yeah. For a while. No, he's he's um. I I know who you're talking about. He was a guy sure. that um, I don't know much about, but he's younger than I thought he was. You he's know what 30. I mean? Is he thirty already? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. He's he's uh he's twenty eight. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Like like was he looking? Is he looking for a big deal? I mean. Um. No. I mean, he, he's a he's a mid tier outfielder. He's got a solid glove. Um. He he batted two ninety one, fourteen home run, fifty one RBI last year. That's all um, right. Uh, so uh, you know they're mainly I think it's important that he has a good glove and. And that that line is comparable to Gordon, quite honestly. Um, yeah. Uh, so, and he would be cheaper than Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, Gordon projects like we're looking at like a five year deal at least. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Yeah. Probably five years, hundred mil. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Cool. Well, we'll see. Uh, I'm sure next time we. Uh, we 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 chat. We'll probably have a little bit of a clearer idea where. If, of the uh, kind of where we are going into spring training. Um, groovy. So now, uh, briefly here, I want to talk about um, Shift to Rock and Roll. Uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announced, or I'm sorry, um, inductees were, were announced earlier this week. And the inductees are uh, Cheap Trick, Deep Purple, NWA, um, and then, uh, gosh, who else do we got here i'm sorry chicago uh, it's, it's chicago yeah. and then there's one more right uh yeah here, it was like here. they took one of the pages out of my 200 binder of Steve cds Miller. one yeah. of my 200 binders and yeah. they took like a page of those cds out from like 1994 <laughs> right like it had yeah, nwa in 94 nwa yeah. steve miller band yeah chicago well, I mean, obviously, we've we've talked about on the show here before. You know, I I think all of us have some ambivalence around the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Just, yeah. you know, like, is it really even necessary? You know, like you just <laughs> it, you have to roll with it. Yeah, yeah, I you mean, do. Um, I like all these believe. inductees. I do. Um, I f- I feel like Cheap Trick have been kind of unsung heroes of rock. You know, their whole career. So I was I was glad to see them get in, particularly mm-hmm. you know they're rockford guys as well you know mm-hmm. good to see that um and uh you know i've never been one of those people that says even though i like i said you know i i don't really like the rock and roll hall of fame i i've never been one of those people like oh like rappers can't get in i don't i don't buy that you know like i yeah maybe it should be called just you know the popular music, music popular fame. music hall of fame but uh. you know uh rap has its roots in rock and roll that might not you know cheap trick and nwa don't necessarily sound alike but you know they're uh you know chuck berry's kind of responsible for both of them if you if you trace it back you know Mm -hmm. i mean so um i uh, i've never been one of those people that like you know like oh rap can't make it in i think that's bullshit well no Uh, i mean they've already set that precedent that it doesn't it doesn't have to be you know three guitars and and i'm glad to see it my arguments against nwa if i just had to pick and I, you know, I think straight out of Compton is a is a masterpiece. I think it's a, you know, it's one of the most politically charged albums ever. And it blew my mind when I heard it for the first time in fifth grade. I didn't know you could say that stuff on on. on um, <laughs> You're like, they can put that on tape. Yeah, Tipper exactly. Gore. <laughs> yeah, but um, the thing I would make against NWA is the same thing I'd make against Guns N' Roses. Is it's just one iconic album. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, NWA had a follow-up that was kind of disappointing. They put out an EP that was just an EP. And then, you know, with, with Guns, it's like, 
you know, I user illusion. I do really love a lot of songs on those records, but it's bloated. It should just be an LP. So oh, it's yeah, like, I don't know. My, my, my would be like, not the genre, like rap fine, whatever. It's just like, you know, how many good albums do they, how many like, like classic albums do they have with, with NWA? It's only one, you hmm. know? Yeah. I mean, and, and all of those people in, not all, well, yeah, like just about all those people in WA, at least Dre and um, Ice Cube and, and Easy went on to do other things that were, you know, important. Um, and I think that, don't you think that's part of it? Probably, you know, you know I mean, because. A legacy factor. It's yeah, an umbrella so. induction. They're kind of, they're kind of inducting Dr. Dre as well. Right. You know, right. Uh, yeah. If none of those guys went on to have any careers, NWA is not getting inducted. Right. If they were, if they were all MC Ren, no, this might not be happening. Right. With all due respect, Ren, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, what do you guys make of the nominees? They're, I, like I said, it's very like WYMG one hundred five classic yeah. rock. Like it is. Like they pulled a bunch of classic rock it's, DJs. It's a two for Tuesday induction. Yeah, it was like, oh, we can get Steve Miller Band, Cheap Trick, you know. Yeah, I, I, I it, the one I think that totally deserves it the most besides Cheap Trick is Deep Purple. Absolutely, yeah. And, and the thing that's messed up is that they're they're doing they're pulling the kiss shit with them, where like Steve Morris isn't going to be allowed to be inducted, and Steve Morris, oh, really? he's he's been he's like the longest tenured guitarist now. Yeah, he's been with them for over twenty years. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah they're doing the thing where it's like only going to be so many of the original members that get allowed in. Yeah, that is weird how they have to play that out. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm the biggest Grateful Dead fan, but I think we mentioned this before. The Grateful Dead, it's like, like Rhodey's names are on the plaque and shit. Yeah, like, well, they inducted everybody. It's like, yeah, it's like there's not, like everybody, every keyboardist, every drummer, all like everybody's yeah. on there. Well, so like, is Coverdale not getting in then? I don't know about Coverdale. Wow, I bet it's probably just like the Machine Head lineup if they're inducting like a lineup. You know? Yeah. I thought that was disappointing, though. Because yeah. I'm, I, I prefer Coverdale over Gillian. That's just me. Um, yeah, I agree with Deep Purple, man. I mean, uh, you know, one of the most important hard rock bands ever. Like, I would say just as important as Led Zeppelin. Just maybe not quite the catalog of Led Zeppelin. You know, the quality of it, consistency. But yeah, yeah the consistency of it. Um, but just as important. I mean, Deep Purple influenced so many people, and like, I don't think a lot of people that don't listen to them realize how huge deep purple was in the 70s oh yeah i mean they well, were especially giants yeah like stadiums you know <laughs> like i mean they were you know they headlined the california jam in 74 you know i mean they were they were just they were gigantic um and you know even even switching lead singers those couple of years of coverdale they were still huge you know they were able to do that and, yeah. and still just just really successful and then you, you know you got you know one of the most um influential and iconic hard rock guitarist all time and blackmore you know i mean right. yeah yeah so i i think purple is long overdue you know if they're gonna yeah. oh, if the they're... rock and roll hall of fame is gonna go by influence yeah they should have got in about 15 years ago yep. you know yep <laughs> yeah so um yeah when i when i look at the list i can't help but think about who you know who they're electing and who they're not like compared to who they're not electing in yeah and oh, yeah it's it's surprising uh, that, uh, if, for example, uh, Finn Lizzy and T-Rex, neither one of those bands, uh, right. have, have made it. And that's may, maybe it's just personal taste, but I feel like, you know, maybe that that's, those are a couple influences that haven't been recognized yet or represented as much, uh, with as the Hall of Fame be. inductees. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, television, uh, yes, obviously is a, is yeah. a I mean, is a big like that's, it's a, it's a critic thing. I think with yes, you know, like, yeah. I mean, so many people like so many critics hated Prague, right. you know, and that's the that, problem that, you know, it, this has to be considered in what are they setting out to do? You know, yeah. what is the band setting out to do? And that's why, you know, I won't, 
you know, I won't sit here and like bash Katy Perry because I think what is she setting out to do? And as long as she executes it, then right. great. You know, then then she's good at her job. And yeah. so for a critic to like hold it against them that they weren't gonna that they were you know in this uh, this genre of, of prog rock is is um, uh, really silly and and then that that person shouldn't even be you know consider it'd be like uh you know a, a baseball hall of fame guy i don't like second baseman i don't i don't right. think they're necessary exactly what um like. so <laughs> left-handed yeah. pitchers no <laughs> i mean you're, you're gonna see some incredibly talented people never get in you know i mean like like i don't know i'll throw another one like emerson lake and palmer right. Like Keith, right yeah like i mean well and a lot of the candidates this year it almost seems like it's a catch-up year yeah like they're trying yeah. to get caught yeah. up they're like uh these yeah, like cheap trick, like Steve Miller, man. You would have thought he probably would have already been in it, but yeah, I thought he, he was. Honestly. He's one that I'm this... kind of like a little ambivalent towards. I like Steve Miller band, right? But I don't know how influential Steve Miller band, right? Is. Yeah, I, I think what's tainting Steve Miller to me is just I've heard his popular singles too many times. Yeah, well, you I was. I mean, that's, yeah. the best <laughs> that's not quotes. his fault. Yeah, read, it's not. I, it's not I, at all. It's not at all. And I love living in the USA, man. I, oh, I, yeah. I can jam living in the USA anytime. But it feels but, like a guilty pleasure every time I hear a Steve Miller song and enjoy it on the radio. It's like, God, yeah, I, right. I shouldn't well, still yeah. enjoy it. <laughs> uh, hey, I, I don't turn off Swing Town. I, I <laughs> Jump the love, man. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 the I, guy I, was a hit factory for a while. Right. Sure. Right. Oh, that that greatest hits seventy four to seventy eight is like one of the best selling albums of all time. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, like yeah every, I think that was that was a Columbia House buy for me. I believe <laughs> everybody's got that one. <laughs> well, um, let's shift gears here to our heart of the order to talk about the albums that came out this year, as opposed to the ones that came out in nineteen seventy three. Our future rock and roll right, Hall of Famers. Right. There we go. Well, I kind of have a segue into one of my top records of the year. Go with and Deep Purple. So right. So and, and yeah, to go ahead and clarify. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your approach, Levi. It's a little different than ours. Well, okay. I'm gonna run over like two or three records that are new, and then I'm gonna talk about the best finds of the year that I had. And I'm a avid vinyl collector. For those out there that don't know. So I'm going to highlight my top five record bin finds. Mm-hmm. But first, I'm going to talk about a few new records. Um, there's a band called Mondo Dragon. They had their self-titled record this year. And if you're into Deep Purple or Uriah Heep, you will absolutely love this record. I'm into both of those bands. <laughs> so if you have not heard it, you need to. Um, and then uh, Kamasi Washington's record of course was awesome i loved it mm-hmm. and then uh that mondo drag the record label is called riding easy records yeah they released a really cool compilation called brown acid the first trip mm-hmm. and it's uh, a compilation of all these like weird stoner rock like if you're into deep purple or black sabbath type music like all these weird obscure 45 singles that they uh they put onto a compilation nice and then um there were I I bought a few reissues this year. I'll highlight them. I'm real sorry, fast. Real, real quick, Levi. You said Riding Easy Records. Riding Easy Records. There's a band I like a lot on that label, um, uh, Electric Citizen. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Female yeah. lead singer. They have a great awesome. Instagram. If you're if you're on IG, yeah. you should definitely follow Riding Easy Records. Cool. Um, the reissues I got this year. Uh, the Beta Band, their first three EPs, they finally re-released them on vinyl. They're awesome. Sunvolt's Trace, it got the, the anniversary one, right? Yeah, it's that? it's excellent. Um, Mo, they released some of the early Mo. I got Fat Boy and uh, Tin Cans and Car Tires mm. on vinyl, which I had wanted to have on vinyl for a while. I listened to um, the shit out of that record. Tin Cans, Car Tires, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, and it's on red and white vinyl. It's excellent. Yeah, guys. Nice. if you're, I obviously I'm not listening to Mo at the at the amount that I did, but I could still listen to that album. Jesus, I wonder if I still have that. I may have gotten rid of it. Dude, oh, plane yeah. crash rips, man. Oh, dude, the whole album is yeah. excellent. Yeah, the Nebraska's great song. Really yeah. Nebraska's probably my favorite cut on there. Oh yeah, yeah. and it's, so, Nebraska's uh, well written. You know what yeah. I mean? You don't oh, it's you a good always song. think of yeah. you know, writers in that genre. Mm-hmm. And Nebraska's a good, it's a well-written tune. Yeah. And then um, the last reissues, I don't 
I didn't buy them. I have the originals, but I just want to give a shout out to the Robinson brothers who finally got their effing ass together and re-released the first Black Crows records on vinyl. Shake Your Money Maker, Southern Harmony, and uh, Morica. And Three Snakes is supposed to be coming, but it's now gotten pushed to like January, so who knows. But the first three actually came out. And I just want to say it is important because they were on record lists when I first started working at a record shop like over 10 years ago. As like the new releases, like we would get the thing, the order sheets and stuff, and they've been on there almost like really? on and off for ten years. Wow. Come on, Pete Angelus, what are you doing? So, yeah, <laughs> it, it really is a big deal that those came out. And okay, so my top five used finds of the year. I go to little record shops. I go to little flea market, antique mall booths that have records. I. I go to a lot of different places. My first one um, is a 45. It was a 45 of the band, The Champs, and their biggest hit, Tequila. And it's the original 45, and it was in its original brown paper sleeve. And it looks like it was never played, which is amazing. Because anytime Mm. I've ever... I've I've come across it like three or four times. I mean, it's not a super rare 45, but to find it in like really good condition is tough. So I was stoked for that. Uh, number four, Bela Fleck's Deviation record. And this is Bela Fleck when he was just going solo. And he still had Newgrass Revival, Sam Bush, uh-huh. those out there into Bluegrass. So they're the band on it with them. It's just like a a lesson in Bluegrass music and playing and just it's excellent. If you're into bluegrass music, I highly recommend it. We should do a new grass episode yeah. sometime, you know. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely a time and a place for it. It's uh Yeah, it uh, like, I can't listen to it every day. No. Into that vein from like my like fusion. Yeah. Like, I was on a fusion kick for a while and then it kind of took me into like that it's like bluegrass fusion yeah. almost. I can't listen to Sam Bush every day. No, no. No. <laughs> no. Um my number three was uh, in the matter of about three days at two different shops, I fell into like a vein of Rory Gallagher and I didn't have any. Really? Um, I, I would find it. no fa- Irish tour in your album collection. Now there, is. <laughs> now there is. Yeah. Within the matter of like three days, I got live in Europe, Irish tour blueprint, and then uh, his greatest hits. And the greatest hits was sealed. <laughs> like somebody bought it and never opened it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I've just indulged myself in Rory Gallagher ever since. But when I would come across his records, they would always be beat. Hmm. On the, I, you don't see a ton of Rory Gallagher, believe it or not. Like, at least I don't. His fans are devout. So, so to come across them and have them be in good shape was, was awesome. Oh. And then uh, find number two. Jimi Hendrix, mono, tricolor labeled, are you experienced? Like the creme de la creme, like best copy of his first record you can have as far as like rarity and scarcity. And so it's in awesome shape. It's probably in like, if you're into record nerd grading, it's like EX near mint. Nice. And I pulled it out of a Goodwill here locally. Wow. I was I walked into the Goodwill and there's like a little section with books and CDs and some records and a lady's like pushing a cart with like totes on it, like to add stuff to that section. And I was like, Oh, do you have any records? And she's like, yeah, there's some in this tote on the cart here. You can look at them. And like in the middle of the stack, boom, there it was. And I was just like, like like, you you, (laughs) You get lightheaded. Yeah, no, you get lightheaded. You're like, Oh my God. I I pulled the wreck like the cover was awesome so I like didn't hesitate did you know immediately what it was I knew knew any mono copy of that record was worth pretty good money did you immediately know it was mono yeah it's marked okay and so the outside is marked in mono at the top of the label and then the label on the actual record is marked mono and so I pulled the record thinking, oh, dude, it's got to be beat. Because you, never find, yeah. you never find Jimi Hendrix vintage records like that. And it wasn't. It, and it had a $2 price ticket. 
So somebody was looking out for me that day. And then if it can't, can it somehow, can I top that? Right. You're thinking my number one find, it was like two weeks after we moved here to Colorado. There's a little town right by us called Windsor. And I went to a yard sale there and cause it said on Craigslist, they had records. So I go there and in a box of records, I'm thumbing through is the Beatles yesterday and today record. Hmm. And <laughs> for those of you that don't know, it's called the butcher cover album because yeah. it, it got banned the photo of the Beatles and babies all over them. Well, this is what's called a second state copy, which is it has the baby photo, the baby doll part photo, and it has the the photo they they put a new photo, they censored it and like pasted it over. Well, you can see like on one section, you can clearly see the cover underneath of the baby doll photo, and it's probably the most expensive record I own now. Wow! It's, you it's found this at a yard sale. At a yard sale. It is, it's in like average condition. Right. It's yeah. not awful. It's not mint. But it's still but the it, most valuable record you have. Yeah. yeah. It's now, yeah. yeah, it absolutely is at the top of the list. Jesus, man. This kid knows how to find them. <laughs> God. <laughs> There's no rhyme or reason to it. You, uh, yeah. You yeah. just got to dig. You just got to yep. be out there. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Great unexpected finds, man. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah my, my year of finds of 2015, I don't know if I'll have a year that tops this. Wow. I mean, I, ho- I hope so. I mean, I, in all honesty, those top two records are probably worth like a couple grand. Also, I want to mention everybody for the, our listeners who uh, are on Instagram, Levi is at Vinyl Beast. So you can follow him there, and he's always posting uh, good album picks. So. Yeah, an FYI. Yeah, check it out. Wanted to mention that. Yeah, awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah, solid year. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, I can't complain, man. Excellent. Um, gosh. Uh, well, I God, I didn't find anything like that. But, uh, <laughs> Try and take your breath away. <laughs> but I do like the Courtney Barnett record a lot. Um, <laughs> that I streamed. <laughs> but um, anyway, so. Uh, yeah, well, Jonathan, I'll let you go, man. You, uh, yeah, some of your your favorites. Yeah, it, I had a hard time whittling, whittling it down, uh, and I, you know, can thank RDO for uh, yeah, helping me find all. Yeah, rest in peace. Helping me find all of this new music in 2015, and and uh, you know, probably 30 albums, 35 albums that I was. Uh, that I think are really solid records that I discovered this year, and I, I whittled it down to six. I couldn't. I couldn't whittle it down to five. Couldn't do it. And, <laughs> six uh, is always nice when you yeah. can. Well, and God bless it. it. It was a really good year for. I mean, there was a lot of good new music that did yeah. come out. There were guys on Instagram doing like top one hundred and fifty albums oh of the God. year. I'm like, like where? How are they pulling this? Right. Jeez. Like, how do you even like how do you know like 134 versus 133 yeah right <laughs> yeah because mine aren't going to be ranked i'm just no I'm right just yeah yeah five that i like um my favorite my favorite one is the one i'm listening to at that very moment so it changes sure. um yeah same but, here i've gone back and forth a lot over the last few days so i, I you know i will it down to six and it turns out and it's totally by accident i didn't do it on purpose they're all from different countries um okay. uh, so uh the first one from finland uh is is yako aino kalevi I'm, oh I'm, yeah that guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm just guessing how to pronounce it I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. uh he kind of looks like shannon hoon um but nice. he, it's this hazy electronic music uh that uh this year i, I got a bit into that i i hadn't yeah. before i like all um this. and so I, I highly recommend people check out yako it's j-a-a-k-k-o just Google that and music, and and you'll find them. He, uh, from Finland, it's self-titled release. Uh, uh, Jane Weaver from England. Uh, she's um, she's been in some kind of like folk bands, but it's it's kind of like dreamy. And I saw the word radiophonic folk. And uh, this this album that came out, the Amber Light, is actually a supplement to her pre her actual. Uh, 
uh, last album uh, called The Silver Globe. So The Silver Globe comes out in 2014, and in 2015 they re-release The Silver Globe with this companion piece that has some like remixes and some instrumentals uh, versions of Silver Globe, and it's called The Amber Light. And I it, I really dig it. Um, uh, and can't can't get enough of it. And uh, so go figure. It's it's like the companion piece to our other record. Yet I like it kind of more than that record. Um, and then moving uh, in that, that in the United Kingdom, there uh, from Ireland is uh, uh, an artist called Soak. She's I, she's like maybe seventeen. It looks like um, uh, an album called Before We Forgot How to Dream. Uh, which is uh, it's the songwriting is so phenomenal and uh, she's so young and it, it, you know it like makes you angry that she's so talented. Yeah, uh, I think that one was in my RDOQ, but now that RDO is gone, yeah, yeah, highly recommend it. it out. Uh, okay. Soak and soak with a period at the end for some reason. Um, uh, uh, from the representing the United States uh, a band uh, from San Francisco called Two Gallants. Uh, and uh album called We Are Undone. I think it's it's one of the finest rock and roll records of the year. Uh, great guitars on that record. Um, I listened to that. It is it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, For uh, two guys, they make a pretty big. Sound. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, uh, Gabe, an album you mentioned that I'll let you go into a little bit more. Uh, Courtney Barnett. Sometimes I sit and think, and sometimes I just sit. Courtney Barnett from Australia uh is uh again what i think one of the finest rock and roll records uh probably uh this year if not the last few years uh and i was fortunate enough to to catch her uh this year as well uh live here in kansas city uh i think you know courtney barnett's prospects as being like one of the most probably could could be like one of the most important rock and roll songwriters for the next 10 years very oh, easily yeah. Um, but my favorite record, I think, of the year uh, from Canada is Patrick Watson, uh, Love Songs for Robots. Uh, and it's, uh, uh, it's, it's hard to describe. He's kind of got uh, pieces of, of Jeff Buckley in there, pieces of uh, David Bowie, uh, Grantley Phillips, kind of. Um, and it's, it's very, like, it, it puts, me, puts me in this... Uh, every time I listen to it, I feel like I'm in like a pl- dimly lit, plush, red velvet room. Uh, <laughs> very hazy. Yes. And yeah. um, But Patrick Watson before has won the Polaris Music Prize. He was nominated again this time around for this album. Uh, but I, he didn't win it. But I think this is... I've listened to his, his previous catalog and it's kind of not... It, it, this new record of his is unlike it. It's it's kind of he tries out some new stuff, and I think it's phenomenal. So Patrick song, Patrick Watson, love songs for robots. It's probably my favorite cool. album. I'll have to check that one out. I missed that one. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. I've 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 heard it as well. I, I don't think I've listened to it enough to be you know as well acquainted with it as Jonathan is. But uh, yeah, it's 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 really good. He's he's got moments on there where um, one of the last two songs. Uh, it's just like it. The song builds, and all of a sudden, he just hits these. There are these two guitar notes. It's just two guitar notes that he hits it, and it's like, oh shit, yeah, that's it. You know, uh-huh. it's it's amazing what what just two guitar notes can do to you. It can just tear you up. Yeah. Now you said you saw uh, Courtney Barnett live too, right? This year. Yeah, she opened for Bell and Sebastian. How was she live? Oh, great. I mean, they came yeah. out, no frills, like kind of in front of the curtain, you know? Yeah. And it's uh, just like, it's just, it's a trio, right? Right, right. Yeah. And she plays a Jaguar a lot, doesn't she? Right, yeah. I think it's a Jaguar. Yeah, I think so. Or a Jag Stang. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I've seen, when I've seen pictures of her, I've seen her on a Jaguar. And they're yeah, Cobain gets, guitar. She, yeah, she gets a good sound out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of. Doesn't Jay play Maskus. with a pick. Jay Maskus played a Jaguar too a lot, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, she doesn't play with a pick. You said right. I don't think she does. Yeah. Yeah. No, she rips, man. I mean, if if um, the transition to mine here, I guess. Um, I've got five, uh, and I'll po- I'm gonna post some more on our Facebook page, like ones I dug, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But these are the five. If I had to whittle it down to my five favorites, um. 
you know, if you would have asked me like a couple months ago what the best record was of like my fa- my favorite record of two of this year, you know, I would say Courtney Barnett. Um, but I think maybe looking at some of my other choices, they might be she might have better songs, but these other albums might be better start to finish, if that makes sense. Um, I think like as like Jonathan had mentioned, I think she's a hell of a songwriter. And, uh, you know, she's got just, it's really raw. She's got a lot of energy. Um, she's kind of funny too. You know, some of the lyrics are oh yeah, like they're yeah. smart, but they're pretty funny. Oh yeah. As well. yeah she's witty. Yeah. yeah um, witty's a better word. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's a really new strong voice that's emerged and I really look forward to what she's going to do next. Um, you know, I'm really excited about what she does next because, you know, like maybe even like in, give her like a little more production even, you know, like mm-hmm. to like, see what that record would sound like yeah because i felt like the production came a long way in between her first record yeah and and this new one yeah have you heard her levi or have you uh i've listened to like one or two of her songs online and i dug it but i don't stream i i'm not signed up i'm like the last person on the planet not signed up on a streaming service sure they still make the hard copy (laughs) don't worry (laughs) yeah and so, yeah, I need to get into her more because definitely all the all the reviews and things I hear about her tend to be positive. Yeah, I mean, uh, she's of of the albums that you know we're talking about. She's the one that's usually, you know, like the few lists that I've looked at from like you know Rolling Stone and whatever else. You know, she's up there. You know, it's like usually like that one's in the top five or so. Um, so yeah, she would be one of my favorites. I mean, like I said, I think. She wrote the best songs, but I, I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite album. Um, it's one of them. Um, there's this other record. There's this record I like a lot. It's a side project from. There's a band called Wooden Ships, and there's a side. There's they've got a side project. I don't know. I don't like I said. I don't really know much about these guys, but there's an album. Moon Duo is the name of the side project, and I think it's really good. It's um, you know, it's it's kind of psychedelic. Um, the guitar works good. I hear like a little bit of a Doors influence too, in a strange way. Um, so I really like that Moon Duo record. Um, actually, I gotta barely remember what that one's called. Sorry. Um, uh, it is. Uh, hold on, Jesus. Um, let me set it up today. Yeah. Uh, Shadow of the Sun, I'm sorry, is the name of it. Uh, Shadow of the Sun is the name of the record by Moon Duo. And then um, Riley Walker, I liked a lot. Um, I know it's a guy that both of you have heard um, who's from Rockford, actually, and has relocated to Chicago. He is, um, you know, that record, you know, he says he really wears his influences on his sleeve, and that's pretty obvious, but like he's derivative of all the right things if he's derivative you know what i mean <laughs> like like if you're going to be derivative of you know nick drake and john martin and who i think like that's the guy he resembles the most to me um uh and mark knopfler you know and maybe even like some um kind of uh you know um you know richard thompson maybe a little bit you know like um that's fine because I don't think there's a lot of other 25 year olds that really like John Martin a lot. Um, so I love the Riley Walker record primrose green a lot. Um, Van Morrison, a little bit of that influence in there too. Um, probably the most fun record that I, I liked this year was, um, and I Levi, I know you picked up this one too. The Mark Ronson uptown funk. Yeah. I think it's really good. Uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. It's, I mean, it's one, there's a lot of people working on it, you know, oh, it's, it's, it's slick. It's, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's a collaborative affair, um, like mysticals on it, you know, yeah. um, that song is excellent. That song's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, but I really like it. Like, you know, Levi had alluded to it's, it's really well, the production on it's really well, it's really well done. You know, it's, it's a, it's definitely a lot of work went into it. You can tell, um, but, and he was a guy, you know, I wasn't really that familiar with prior to this record coming out. Um, and I, I love it. I think it's a great album. Um, and, uh, the album that, you know, maybe I think is the best start to finish, um, I, I talked about him on our last episode, I think. Um, 
you know, it's good good name too, since he's a baseball player has the same name. Um, a guy by the name of Mark McGuire, um, who uh, just really kind of does instrumental. Like some of his songs have choruses, but it's certainly the most ethereal record that hmm. I heard this year. It's just really beautiful, start to finish. Um, you know, and he, like I mentioned, you know, he plays all the instruments. I mean, he's you know, it's not just a guy like on a MacBook or something like that. You know, it's he's you know, he's he, he plays all the instruments and everything. Um, and um, yeah, his album Beyond Belief is um, gosh, it, it might be inching up there towards my favorite. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm, it's rare that I would choose an album that doesn't really have lyrics on it. Um, but it's just, you know, I don't know, kind of, you know, um, you know kind of blue doesn't have any lyrics on it as well and it's awesome you know i <laughs> yeah, mean so yeah. <laughs> right um so yeah the the mark mcguire is um it, it would be between him and him and barnett um being like you know if i you know if i had to pick you know it's definitely between those two um uh, but yeah mark ronson mark mcguire riley walker moon duo and courtney barnett would be my choices and then yeah good, there's there's right another on. there's another couple you know probably 15 20 records other ones that i liked a lot that tame impala records is everywhere tame, yeah, yeah that was yeah. too yeah it shows their their diversity you know those guys they're uh they're honed in yeah they are um you know really i i don't know if you guys heard it or not um and it's someone that i've you know never really been drawn to i think he's funny but um the Marilyn manson record's pretty good oh really oh yeah, you, yeah. you were it. telling yeah. us about that it's I not think, bad I think it's you not bad that. at all yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I like that one a lot. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll share some others online because yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, we'll there's a handful out. of others um, cool. that, that I really dug too. But those five stand out to me. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. So if you haven't yet, check them all out. Um. So yeah, and we'll we'll post some others that we like. We'll post some videos, you know, things like that. Um. Uh, that everybody can can check out as well and also hopefully if you have records or our listeners out there that you really dug and we didn't mention them or if it's just you know i want to reinforce some of the ones we did mention please post those yeah, enlighten us yes absolutely absolutely um so now we'll get to the portion where we talk about a recommendation here uh this is our our uh our bullpen session so, uh, Levi, I'll start with you, man. What uh, what have you heard lately that you like? I'm going to talk. This is fresh off my uh, my press. I just got this today uh, at the local record shop here in town. And I walked in, was thumbing through their new arrivals area. And it is Professor Longhair's Crawfish Fiesta. Nice. Wow. Which uh, it's from 1979 or 80. And it was his last record, actually, before he passed away. And uh, Dr. John is the guitar player on it, and it is excellent. I uh, I listened to the whole thing when I got home. It's just, if you don't dance or, like, have a smile on your face while you're listening to it, you're not doing it right. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. that type of, like, a lot of people say he was kind of like one of the unsung fathers of rock and roll. Because if you listen to some of his songs, a lot of the, like, patterns and rhythms and stuff, hmm. I mean, sound like they could have been, or early rock and roll. And I think he originally was, there's songs on here like big chief and, um, bald head. I think those came out like the early fifties, like, like wow. literally like 1951 wow. or something. <laughs> so like he, <laughs> That's he was crazy. <laughs> he was on the cusp. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Ahead of its time. Yeah. Oh, cool. Good yeah. deal. Yeah. yeah. Good fun. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Um, I'm going. Uh, I'm going Christmas on everybody here, and uh, it's appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna nominate uh, uh, She and Him's uh, a very uh, <laughs> She and Him Christmas album. Uh, I, that's, a, that's that's a holiday favorite around this household. Sure. Yeah. I um. You know, first got it. First bought. I bought the first She and Him record mainly because of M Ward, and because I was a big fan of M Ward and. And uh, and then to hear Zoe Deschanel sing and steal your heart, and, and <laughs> she's a bass, and uh, uh, you know she uh, their renditions. In, in, if you haven't heard M Ward before, you know he's uh, he, he can be pretty lo-fi at the same time, like composing things. He's very uh, he can be very meticulous. He's he, he can give you a very distinct sound, 
and uh, he's he's very good at, at executing it. And I haven't heard that. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah check it's it really out. Really good. If, yeah. yeah. Um, and well, yeah. Morgan. I mean, I does it. I mean, come on. Does it get much better than her? What does she not do? Right. Yeah. She's like, right. She's probably right. like an awesome cook. She and, like so. And you know, she when, does what, like, when I listen, like, fuck Zoe, give some shit up. I know. <laughs> and and then when you listen to those she and him albums, you know, um, the non Christmas ones, and you hear those songs, I just assumed. Uh, uh, stupidly that M. Ward was writing those songs, but she is writing those songs, and so she's a pretty pretty stellar songwriter. She knows what yeah. she's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what, yeah, total package. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, you know, mine is... Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him or not. Um, it's a guy that... I'll mention just, you know, what the live record that I heard, uh, because I, I haven't explored his studio stuff. Um, all that much yet but um have you guys heard steve hillage by any chance Hmm. or heard of he was a guy um he's still alive um in the uh in the canterbury scene you know from the late 60s early 70s and really like okay i thought you were like canterbury tales no 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 (laughs) the the canterbury like you know this is loot music yeah, right. No, the Canterbury kind of prog psychedelic scene okay. um, from the late 60s, early 70s. Um, so everybody up in Kent, you know, right. was hanging out then. Um, like Soft Machines, probably like the big, like the, oh, the yeah. biggest name I'm, to come yeah. out of that. And then Gong as well. Yeah. Soft Machines got a, some classic prog records. Yeah. Sure. Well, Hillage played with Gong. Okay. Um. And th- but then, like he he played with you know some other people as well. Like he played with uh, Mike Oldfield as well. Um. You know he. Uh, God, he. I don't know if he played with Camel maybe too a little bit. I think. Oh, yeah. Um. But yeah, other Canterbury scene bands like um like Caravan was one. <coughs> Gong, who I mentioned earlier. Um. So yeah, it's uh, it's a cool scene, and I highly recommend it for those folks who like Prague, but also kind of maybe like a little more, a little more psychedelic, maybe than like sort of you know, kind of the classical influences of Prague. Yeah. It's got less of that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so he came out of there, and he put out some pretty interesting albums in the in the mid to late seventies that were kind of jazz fusion as well. I'll have to check them out. Um, yeah, so the this album that I heard um, recently uh, is uh, a live record of his, um, and it's from 78, and uh, it's called Live at Deep Valley. Um, so it was a music festival, and it's his live set, and it's, it's really good. Um, and he's got another live record that's him live at Madison Square Garden, which I assume he was opening for someone. Sure. Uh, at that at that time so and it's it's from it's from the mid 70s as well so uh so yeah steve hillage yeah live at deep valley is is the live record that i heard that turned me on to him but uh i'm digging his studio stuff as well it's um you know it's yeah like i said you know prog kind of fusion kind of jazzy but also cool. it can be kind of folky at times too yeah he's he's a pretty pretty talented camp cat pretty eclectic Musician. So yeah, Steve Hillage um, right is his name. So yeah, check him out. Uh, and then also, you know, one thing uh, I was going to mention as well, if I can sneak this in, I stumbled across this. I'll put a link to it. This this cool website, um, and it's just a music fan from Indiana who's been attending shows since the late seventies, and it's called OtherPeople'sMusic.net, and it's like he or she will post like you know the like the ticket stub as well as like the t-shirt because they bought a t-shirt at every single concert um yeah going all the way back to like the late 70s up until some you know more recent concerts as well so it's yeah other people's music.net it's just a really fun site they you know they write a concert review too um what made me mention it was levi had mentioned rory gallagher and uh, he's got one on here in uh, Rush '82 with Rory opening, so nice. uh, wow, awesome! Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> at Market Square Arena, I believe. So, uh, so yeah, um, so yeah, other people's music.net. Check it out; it's just a really cool. fun site. 
yeah, the t-shirts are there, the ticket stubs are there. It, it's just, it's really cool. Cool. So, uh, yeah, check that out. Um, and then also you can check our podcast out on Twitter and Instagram at Rock in Chew. That's Rock in as in Pat Ben Atar, right? I mean, she's on here as well. Okay. I know. Yeah, it's kind of, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, uh, she, it's got her. It's got her from '81. He saw with David Johansson opening. Yeah, that's so, and you assume that's like Poindexter phase, right? Right. Yeah, I, I, it's got to be creeping towards that. I don't know if he was full on yet. He wasn't feeling hot, hot, hot just yet. Yeah, not yet. But he was. You know, it's obviously it's post New York Dolls. Um, so yeah, his in between Dolls and Buster he made Plans. it. He made it into the new uh, Bill Murray Christmas. Uh, oh, special nice. yeah yeah he's There's in there reviews on that out there oh it's it's fun it's fun i mean for what it's trying to do it's fun yeah it's 50 minutes you know it's, yeah I've, go. Heard, I've heard parts of it are tough to watch i haven't i haven't seen it at all but i haven't watched it i should say but yeah uh, uh, uh phoenix is in it uh huh. the band like phoenix the band? yeah okay yeah. Yeah. huh Let's cool. check it out yeah well, anyway, so yeah, check us out uh, at Rock In Chew. And then also um, you can find all of the archived episodes uh, as well as, you know, links to concert performances and, and albums that we've discussed on the show at our website, rockchew.com. Uh, so yeah, check that out, rockchew.com. And please uh, like us on Facebook. Tell all of your friends, please. And uh, hope everybody has a great holiday season and a happy new year. We'll see you uh, after the first of the year. So uh, we'll be back then. And uh, yeah. We'll maybe still. drop a little special something something on you all. That's right. And then also, yeah, we're we've got a couple. We've got, we're working on a couple, um, couple kind of sort of B-sides type episodes yeah. Uh, yeah. that we'll be rolling out soon as well that I think everybody will enjoy. So you'll hear more about those soon as well. So, uh, yeah, have a safe, uh, safe holiday season, and uh, we'll see you soon. See you in the new year. Take care. Peace. Bye. Bye-bye.